0: Yesterday, I gave you my 10 greatest defenders in NBA history. Or did I? I'm Ron Burgundy. A strength can be a weakness if you don't improve your overall skill set. And I think my strength when doing the Cypher, when doing this podcast, is going off the top of my dome. I don't really write a script. I really just go off the top of my dome. I see a couple of things. I go, that sounds good. And then I just go and make a show of it. And that's something I'm going to have to work on and improve on. Yesterday, I did my top ten all-time greatest defenders in NBA history in no order. And I still left out my favorite player, or at least one of my favorite players of all time, Tim Duncan, who made All-NBA defense 15 times and is one of the great rim protectors ever. I shouted out the great Dennis Johnson, who made it nine times. Bobby Jones and Michael Cooper both made All-NBA defense eight times. Michael Cooper actually won Defensive player of the year. So then I started thinking, what about some of the other great defenders or or even some of the really good defenders that kind of got overlooked or maybe might be forgotten about because time has passed. So I want to shout out these names. And I know the basketball heads, you're going to remember these. The casual fans, you might remember the more recent guys on this list. So here we go. KG, Kevin Garnett. That's an easy one. 12-time All-NBA defense. He actually won Defensive Player of the Year. David Robinson, 8-time All-NBA defense. He also won the award once. Bruce Bowen, Lockdown Perimeter Defender, 8-time All-NBA defense. Ron Artest, 4-time All-NBA defense. He also won the award once. Alonzo Mourning. Now, is unique. Because he only made the All NBA defensive team twice, but he won the award for Defensive Player of the Year both years. Mo Cheeks, five time All NBA defense, great perimeter defender, great leader, and just one of those guys that's unsung in NBA history. Sidney Moncrief, amazing perimeter defender. A great two-way player, actually. Sid, Sid the Kid was, was gifted on both ends of the floor. Could lock you down and then drop 20 on you. He also won De- Defensive Player of the Year award twice while making the team five times. Mookie Blaylock. Mookie Blaylock was the ultimate ball hawk. I remember that guy. He is the guy that could get into you, and he was so gifted at making guys pick up his dribble, it would frustrate the hell out of opposing players point guards or anybody. Mookie Blaylock it might be the most underrated perimeter defender in NBA history right next to this guy, Alvin Robertson. Alvin Robertson, like Mookie Blaylock, six-time All-NBA defense, one Defensive Player of the Year once, led the league in steals three times. Tayshawn Prince, four-time All-NBA defense, great perimeter defender. Um, gave people fits because of his length. Those incredible long arms. He wasn't incredibly athletic, but he was deceptively quick. And he has one of the iconic blocks in the open floor in NBA history. Pacer fans know what I'm talking about. Derek Harper. Derek Harper, tough, physical perimeter defender, could guard points and two guards. Nate McMillan, he and Derek Harper defensively are like Clones. Both of them made All-NBA defense twice. Derek McKee, 6'10", and could guard every position on the floor. He made All-NBA defense twice as well. Larry Nance. I think Larry Nance was a great two-way player. Larry Nance wasn't a great perimeter defender, but he was a great weak side defender for the Cleveland Cavaliers, who could also drop 18 points and get you nine rebounds. He made all NBA defense twice himself. Then I started thinking, what about a guy like Lindsey Hunter, who never made the All NBA defense, but Lindsey Hunter was one of those guys that could pick you up full court and turn you over and make you give up your defense, make you give up your dribble. Those kind of guys, like Lindsey Hunter and Muggsy Bogues, underrated defenders in terms of how they could make you give up your dribble. The last two guys on this list, Horace Grant, four-time All-NBA defense, and Dan Roundfield, five-time All-NBA defense. Both power forwards, but both completely different in how they affected the defensive side of the ball. Dan Roundfield was old-school, physical, bang-with-you, wear-you-down defender, whereas Horace Grant was one of those early versions of the power forward who can get out in space move his feet laterally, and recover very quickly. Horace Grant is an underrated team defender. He's a great, great team defender and should be given more credit than he has over the course of time in his career. Most fans, it's always how much Pippen contributed to Jordan's success or when they added Rodman, and you almost forget just how good a player Horace Grant was. No, he's not the complete defender that Rodman was, but he was actually a more complete player. So that's it. Those are some of the greatest defenders in NBA history. I'm sure I left some out or left some on the table. And again, I'm waiting to hear from you guys. Facebook fam, y'all always hold, hold me accountable. Y'all you always let me know what's up. So if you have somebody to add to that list, or even if you think somebody's a little overrated and shouldn't be on the list... Let me know, hit me back because I want to hear from y'all. I normally wait until Monday to do Facebook responses, but Sean Dash hit me up with an interesting question regarding the Big Three. This is from Sean Dash. Dash says, Mo, how come you never talk about the Big Three and how entertaining a brand of basketball it is? These guys are physical, they're exciting. They play ball the way they used to. They play man ball. Um, I do watch the Big Three, believe it or not. I don't talk about it a lot, but I do watch the Big Three. I'm entertained by the Big Three. And I'll admit, I'm surprised at how fun, how entertaining, um, and how interesting the Big Three is. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to watch the championship game tonight. Top-seeded power goes up against Three's Company. Um, You got Corey Maggette versus Andre Emmett. Both of those guys um, are up for MVP. And I'll I'll tell you this. When my wife and I were stationed in Cannon Air Force Base in New Mexico, part of our cable package, for whatever reason, we got like a lot of local games. We also got a lot of Texas Tech games. And I used to watch Andre Emmett when he was in college at Texas Tech uh, playing under Bobby Knight. And I even thought then he had a nice game. It was an old man's game. He was like one of those old men's who's got a little bit of hop, like James Harden. James Harden got an old man game, but but he got a little bit of hop. Andre Emmett, I thought, okay, when he gets drafted, he has a shot to make the league, but but he's gonna have to go next level to find his way in the league. And he he did get drafted by the Grizz. Stayed in the league a couple of years, I believe. But most of his professional career he's played overseas. I'll say this. I don't know who's going to win the game tonight, but Andre Emmett is probably, he's like the blueprint for half court three on three basketball. In three on three, in a half court setting, he's unguardable. His game is perfect, it's tailor made for the half court three on three setting. Powers got their handful tonight. I know they're the favorite. I know they're the top seed. But I'm going to go out there and say this. Barring a miracle, I think Three's company is going to win it. I think Andre Emmett's going to end up being the MVP. And I think he's going to put up big numbers tonight versus whoever guards him. And as a side note, history will be made tonight in that championship game in the Big Three. Either Michael Cooper is going to win his first his fourth title in a different league. Or Nancy Lieberman will become the first woman to win a title. So that's exciting. A lot of people don't remember that Coop is the only person to win a championship as a coach or player in the NBA, WNBA and in the development league. So that's a big feather in the cap of the big three. And really just as a fan of the game. The mass appeal of the big three is they have just enough of familiar names it draws you in. It'll draw in the casual fan. You know who characters like Ron Artest or Meta Meta right now. He'll probably change it again. You know his name. You've heard of Jermaine O'Neal, Al Harrington, Katino Mobley. Some of these guys, they put up numbers in the league. Corey McGetty put up buckets when he's in the NBA. He didn't guard anybody. But he put up buckets for most of his career. McGetty averaged around 19 or 20 points a game. He was that kind of scorer. Nate Robinson. So the big three has done a good job of not just getting older or former players. They've gotten some players that actually can still play at a high level overseas. And I think that Ice Cube is one of those guys that he sees the big picture. He sees what the big three could become moving forward. And I think the big three is sustainable. I I don't think it's going away anytime soon because you have to think about it like this. There's going to always be an influx and there's going to always be talent when you think about all the guys that play overseas who couldn't make it in the league. And then you have to think about some of the older players who were in the league that still has something in the tank that can still compete and play at a high level. So I think they're going to always have an influx of talent. There'll never be a shortage of talent in the big three. The big three might actually even expand. I would say this to Ice Cube. I'm going I'm to I'm do you a favor, Cube. I'm going to look you out. I'm going to make myself a big three talent scout. You can work on the contract and the money later, fam. But, but just hear me out on this. Future big three players. Think about this. Vince Carter. Tayshawn Prince, Joe Johnson. Think about Joe Johnson in the big three. joe Joe's got that walk it up, lull you to sleep handle, and then before you know it, buckets. Matt Barnes, and if you want extra drama, you can draft Derek Fisher. Jason Terry, UD, Udonis Haslam, Al Jefferson. And I know Al Jefferson is only 32, but anybody that knows ball or ever seen Al Jefferson play He moved like he was 42 when he was 22, so he could go ahead and transition to the big three like right now. Mike Miller. You think Mike Miller wouldn't hit a four-point shot? Boris Diaw, another guy who didn't really put a lot into working out or taking care of his body and got an old man game. But Diaw would be a fun character for the big three. Or we could really go pie in the sky. How about this, Cube? How about you try to put together... Garnett, Pierce and Allen and let them form their own team in the big three or even think further outside the box. How about next season? You add a streetball team. You add an N1 team. I'm just saying I'm a fan of the big three. I think it's going to continue to be more popular. It's going to gain more fans. It's going to expand. But this is me appealing to UQ to do something a little different. Maybe even have a big three all-star game. You put together the six best players in the league and you mix them up and you let them go from there. That could be very interesting. Just something to think about, Cube. Facebook fam, hit me up. H and I are doing a full show later on today. I just had to get this off my dome and make that correction because how can you leave out Tim Duncan? That's that's my bad. Anyway, it's the cypher. Hit me back next time.